English Premier League. From the man you read. Still a Brazilian name, Fred. Hello. From the Socceroos. To the latest round ball news. From Harry Kill's tattoo. To Cantona's Kung Fu. Want to hear the best world football show on the planet? Well, stand in queue. For Hyundai Ailey. Fan made. Get behind your local club. Muchas gracias for Diego's. Welcome, amigos. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. My name's Carlos Alberto Diego. With me today is Rodrigo Rodriguez and Cactus Chris Couch. Because of injury, suspension, and pure bad form, there are only three Diego's on tonight. But we're three blokes who love our world footy, and we want to tell you all about it. So, Rodrigo, what have we got on the show for listeners tonight? I'm glad I made it. In the aftermath of the Asian Cup blockbuster between the Socceroos and South Korea, we share a soft sombrero moment with News Limited football writer Marco Monteverdi, and Cactus gives us the latest dead man walking update in his EPL rap. Thank you, Rodrigo. Rodrigo divulges his growing love for Gold Coast United billionaire Clive Palmer and also asks the question, is there enough gay abandon in the Asian <laughs> Cup in his Oz scene? And we bring you the latest on the ref that's going to jail, the Qatar World Cup derail, and the Alex Tears goal of the century tale, and much, much more. So you sensitive hooligans out there, hang on your sombreros. Coming up, it's the latest Asian Cup news with Rodrigo, so stay tuned. Across Australia, this is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. You're with the three-pronged attack, Carlos, Rodrigo and Cactus on the Four Diego's across Australia. You can join us right here every week for your dose of World Footy Diego style. Coming up, Cactus gives us the latest EPL sack race news. But first, Rodrigo, an Asian Cup update. Definitely, Carlos. I'm going to talk about prongs in a minute. I'm glad you raised that. Uh, let's quickly give you an overview of what's happened in Group C of the Asian Cup in Qatar. Australia are on top and Korea Republic as well, both on four points. Bahrain a third um, in three points. And India, um, they can go home after the next game. No worries about that. Australia uh, thrashed India in the first game that we played 4-0. And then the big game, one all against South Korea. Chol scored for South Korea. And then Mile Jednak scored a lovely header for his first goal with the Socceroos. The boys are playing with gay abandon. They really are. You know, I think Hol- Holger Osik's, uh, it's like watching an episode of Two and a Half Prongs, <laughs> isn't it? You know, we've got uh, Timmy Kale and Harry Kuehl, and the half is uh, obviously Holman. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, so it's, yeah. it's like watching an episode of Two and a Half Prongs. I'm loving it at the moment. There's a, it, it's interesting because Germans are not renowned for their flair. And they're gay abandoned. Yeah, but they turned things around in 2006. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann, the, the young man, the svelte young man who doesn't look like a, a coach but uh, still looks like a player, he actually got a young German side playing free-spirited football, which you're right. It's not in the history of German football. In fact, a lot of Germans rejected the clinical nature of the game. Maybe it had something to do with Jürgen's time in L.A. Because <laughs> he, he does he, yeah. he's, he's set up home out there, hasn't he? I yeah, believe he actually yeah. coaches the national team or did from there. He was uh, coaching from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> from distance. Prongs are plenty in LA, but I thought the Germans, uh, you know, obviously with the 2010 World Cup, they played with uh, many prongs they and uh, played with gay abandon. And uh, so, you know, obviously we've got some injuries out of that game. Uh, we've got injured uh, uh, Kalina, Wilkshire and Carney all look like they're out uh, for the Bahrain game. But the one that I want to focus on now, boys, is... Uh, Harry Kuehl, you know, the yeah. guy's got a history of groins and gout. You know, there's life <laughs> in the old dog yet as far as I'm concerned. I think he's, you know, he plays in Turkey, yeah. so he's probably feeling at home at the moment in amongst the, the mosques, the shisha yeah. pipes, yeah. you know, also the Turkish delights. I think he's like, he's playing at home. Well, the adage that you can't play free-spirited, gay-abandoned type football with bad groins, well, he's proving us wrong, <laughs> completely right. proving us wrong. Uh, did you like the Tai Chi move number 36 where he just uh, dummied the oh. ball for Timmy Kale? I thought he overstretched there a little bit. <laughs> you I was a bit worried. 
sorry for his groin, but he just did a bit. I don't think I've ever seen a dummy in a Socceroo Australian side in all the years I've watched them play, and uh, he executed it beautifully. A lot of back heels. <laughs> yes, he's doing a lot of that again. Brett, well, Brett Emerton, yeah. he's the back heel king, but yeah. uh, not many dummies. But uh, I did enjoy Harry Kuehl's post-match press conference, oh. where he basically said he really enjoyed the game because he's been he really had a crack at divers in the game, and particularly at the Asian Cup. Yeah. And he just felt that the Koreans stayed on their feet. There might have been a bit of niggle, a bit of muscle, but he really enjoyed that side of the game, and he was happy to be there. So uh... he, he lacks that yard these days, but geez, he was tricky. They three and four defenders around him. He played as a single prong up front with Timmy. He opened up the the chances of Timmy a couple of times, who didn't sort of uh, he didn't reciprocate with a goal. No, he was. A bit and they too looked slow. at each, they looked at each other a couple of times, but look. I don't want to start any casting expersions on the side or start any rumours, but uh, they're fine now. Oh, they're smiling, Carlos. They're patting each other on the back. They're picking each other up. <laughs> Lucas Neal chimes in every now and then and says, come on, boys, we're together. Forget all the um, rumour and innuendo that's been around the team for the last uh, few years. But also, props to Sasha Ognanovsky. You know, he copped a barrage from uh, Cho Quang Ray and basically came out and said, once I start going, yeah. I'm like a locomotive. <laughs> and once right. I get wound up, yeah. you know, I can be pretty quick. Of course, uh, Cho said that he He's too slow, and they're going to target yeah. him. But uh, Sasha, mate, you played extremely well. Well, what he said in Macedonian after that was, once I get going, I'll go after your number nine and kick the living daylights out of him. So <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I'm Thomas the Tank Engine. Cannot wait for the Bahrain game coming up this week. Uh, that is the potential banana skin, but we'll do something about that, I reckon, and we'll get the point we need to get through the next round, and then it's all ours <laughs> once we hit the knockout rounds. Next up, Cactus on Uncle Avram's last days of West Ham. Stick around across Australia. This is the 40 Diego's. Arriba! Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at diegos at That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S dot com. Also, join us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4 Coming up, it's a story about a banged-up abroad referee. But first, Cactus, what's the update on Uncle Avram? Yeah, it's certainly sack race season because <laughs> there are managers that are in the gun and the latest one is Avram Grant. Of course, Roy Hodgson's gone. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But Avram Grant, they got smashed last night 3-0 by Arsenal. It wasn't a great performance. They do have a lot of injuries, and uh, and they're not travelling particularly well on that front. But nonetheless, yep. he's, he's gone. He's a dead man walking. There's no doubt about it. The trends on Twitter last night, uh, Cactus, when I was on there just doing my stuff, because I was trying to get a little Diego trend going, but no one was taking it, <laughs> uh, was that uh, apparently he was going to be sacked after the game. Mm. He didn't know it. Everyone else in the world knew it. Yeah. And apparently the players knew it, so I was actually wondering what was going to happen at halftime with his halftime pep talk. Could it have been anything to do with uh, the owner, uh, David Gold, statement, he is the manager as we speak. <laughs> That's right. That's going to strike yeah. fear into Avram Grant's heart. Well, yeah. when he went into the post-match press conference, the, the journos were actually shocked that he turned up <laughs> to the post-match press room. And then when he did go in there, they asked him um, whether he was still the manager. Yeah. And he just gave him a smile and he replied, I'm speaking with you now. Yeah. So yeah. he's the manager, but I, he knows he's going. Yeah. They did a survey with the players, Carlos. Yeah, there's a couple of signs, Cactus, that I uh, <laughs> think there's something going on. I think Avram should really take notes. Uh, when the directors survey the players asking them about the coach, yeah. about uh, his merits and, and the virtues of the coach. You worry then. And also the other thing, uh, West Ham, uh, their directors have been quite open with the fact that they're actually talking to Martin O'Neill's oh. people. Well, I think they set up a table in the middle of Leicester Square. <laughs> Had Martin O'Neill and yeah. the directors just chatting there. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Look, it... he's a likeable... Uncle Avram's a likeable bloke. That's why he's an uncle. He's looking pretty old at the moment. He's looking like the old uncle. He's uh, always looked old. Yeah. But, you know, he's a bit... Uh, Andrew Hilditch, the Australian uh, chairman of selectors for the cricket, basically set out... <laughs> 
Pritchard said uh, during the week that uh, we've done a good job. He's basically said he thinks that the team is going in the right direction. Yeah. Now, he's going to get the sack, isn't he? Yeah. How or, do you feel? You're a West Ham supporter. Uh, not, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not since they gave the job to Uncle. I like, I like uncles, but uh, only with a team that's trying to avoid relegation. That, yeah. that he, he's not even doing that at the moment. So, uh, look, you know, West Ham, uh, you know, bring back the days of Bobby Moore, oh, Monzi. You're living in the past, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, these days, it's not the West Ham I know. But Cactus, just in closing, <laughs> Liverpool, uh, you've got a bit of a story on Liverpool. Well, I just, going on the same theme as Avram getting the bullet, uh, of course, Roy Hodgson got the bullet uh, a, a week or so ago, and they brought back the Messiah. King Kenny's oh. back. King Kenny's back. <laughs> now, and what's been the result since? Now, I'm a, I, hate, I hate Liverpool. <laughs> Let's, let's be honest, uh, but, I, but I've never ever wanted them to get relegated because I want to see the Man United-Liverpool game season after season. I love that stuff, Yeah. but I want them to go down this season. They got Roy Hodgson in late in uh, in the preseason. He Another brought, uncle. Brought in one player. Yeah. Uh, hasn't had a chance to mould a team, and then because the fans in the terraces want King Kenny back, yeah. he gets the bullets, and uh, and Kenny Dalglish has come in. What's happened since? He's played two games. Yep. One, he got beat by Man United. Funny about that. And the other one got beat by Blackpool, 2-1. <laughs> yeah, I know. and they weren't anywhere near the better side no. in that game, no. by the way. So uh, Ian Holloway did a great job with Blackpool there. And uh, I'm not sure about the future of Liverpool, but those Liverpool haters out there, rest assured, they're going into a relegation zone at the moment. Mark my words, it's going to end in tears. <laughs> it will end in tears with yeah. King Kenny and Liverpool. It's I- sad because he's such a legend of the club. And, of course, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, who are the fans are going to protest against now, themselves? Because <laughs> yeah, they're right. the ones who force the issue. I've heard uh, Cactus on this topic before, Carlos. He's gone a bit soft. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have He would have <laughs> just given a tirade. Yeah. Why would you bring a man to your club who has not managed in 20 years and effectively hasn't been involved in football for 10? Yeah. And now he's the manager of a club as proud as Liverpool, who are four points off the relegation zone. Yeah. Big trouble. American yeah. owners. There you go. Big trouble. Thanks, Cactus. Chris Couch. Next up, it's Cactus again with a story about a drug-running ref. Can't wait for this one. So stay tuned. This is the 40 goes across Australia. Triple M. Taste the Melbourne victory. Get on board the Central Coast Mariners. For Hyundai A-League fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Cactus, I hear Pablo Escobar is blowing a whistle these days. <laughs> Something like that. Now, do you remember the 2002 World Cup? And there, oh, was yeah. a, a, there was a game there that stunk to high heaven. Well, there was two, actually. <laughs> yeah. But one game in particular was the Italy-South Korea game where the Italians should have won yeah. but were denied by some dodgy refereeing. Yeah. Well, this dodgy referee, Byron Marino, his name was, has been arrested in New York City mm. with heroin... <laughs> Strapped to his body. Yeah. He's in big trouble. He was caught in September at Kennedy Airport. Bags of heroin attached to his body after a flight from his native Ecuador. So, uh, look, the guy has history of being dodgy. (laughs) And this is just the latest episode. He actually, in that game against Italy, uh, with Korea in Italy, he not only... Sent off uh, Totty for you know, supposedly diving in the penalty box, where I thought it was a quite a good penalty. It was uh, that he earned, but he also played 13 minutes of extra time. That's right, That's <laughs> and right. he's actually quite well known for a bloke who uh, likes to play the extra time. There was another game where he suspended in Ecuadorian football, where he played 11 minutes of injury time. I think just waiting for that, uh, you know, the money, the money goal to come through to call it off. Well, I'm that... tipping, I'm tipping, he's going to do about five years of extra time. <laughs> yeah, well, in, a, in an American jail. The guy's kind of lucky he wasn't in Bali, but. Uh, ju- <laughs> 
Gianluigi Buffon, who's the Italian uh, goalkeeper, basically has come out and said, I think Marino already had the heroin in 2002, but not in his underwear, in his body. <laughs> so he's pretty much saying the guy was on drugs back then too. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one, Cactus. Next up, it's a soft sombrero moment from Doha with News Limited football writer Marco Monteverdi. So stay tuned across Australia. This is the 40 Diego's. Triple M. Feel the Melbourne heart. Soar with the Newcastle Jets. For Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the four Diego's on Triple M. If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at diego's at 4diegos.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. Join us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. Coming up, it's an update on the Tim Kale Everton experience with Rodrigo. But first, let's travel to Doha in Qatar to talk Asian Cup football with our man on the spot. Please, a big 4diegos welcome to News Limited Football Journal, Marco Monteverdi. Marco, thanks for joining us. No worries, lads. How's it going back home? Very, very well. But uh, all the stuff's happening over in Qatar where you are right now. I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. A hard-fought one-all draw by the Socceroos against tournament hot favourites South Korea at the group stage of the competition. For the Diegos, is a pretty good result. What's the feeling amongst the camp over there? They uh, they feel that it's, uh, while it's a good result, they, uh, they're, a bit, they're a bit disappointed considering that, that, that the amount of chances that they, that they had. But uh, I think in the end they'll uh, take a point considering they're a goal down and the fact that Korea played some nice football and had them under pressure sometimes. It was an interesting game, wasn't it? It's Rodrigo Rodriguez here. The Koreans showed, more or less, uh, somewhere near their potential where the Aussies at times you know, had turnovers and errors in defence. Probably know that uh, they still have some room for improvement in them. Which team do you think walked away with the moral victory in this game? I think uh, the uh, South Koreans did, merely because just the way they played, the sort of better like football. Sure, Australia had those chances, and if they had scored them, you know, well, it might have been a different story. But uh, the Korean, the Korean camp was very, very confident like before, and even after the game, that you know they got Australia's measure. And uh, sure, they got some defensive issues, the uh, Koreans, but uh, yeah, I reckon just they nudged Australia in, in this game, which is why I think Australia should be happy that, that, that they didn't. Yeah, I don't think they got away with a point. Marco Cactus here, mate. Now, a good thing for the Aussies is that Harry Kuehl gave us something up front at the pointy end as the lone prong. Now, mate, uh, you know Robbie Slater. Did you give him a call to congratulate him, do you know? No, no, I didn't give him a call. No, Harry did for, uh, pretty well. It worked, worked really hard. It's just a shame about those couple of chances. But uh, I'd say out of, the, out of the big two up front, he, he outshone Timmy Kale. And, uh, yeah, it was a really good performance from, from like Harry. And I think he, you know, it shows how much he enjoys playing in that central role rather than out, out, out on the left where he made his name. On the 40 goes across Australia, you're listening to a special soft sombrero moment with News Limited football journal, Marco Monteverdi. Marco, it's Carlos again. Now, Cactus brought up the points uh, about pointy ends. And, of course, uh, when I talk about pointy ends, I like talking about Harry's groins. Uh, how are they going? Because, you know, it's amazing. I thought he had a brilliant game. But the, the issue with him is that, uh, you know, every time he goes near the ball, I feel he's going to pull something or, you know, or something's going to go wrong with him. Is he fresh? Is he, he pulled up pretty well after the game? Yeah, it's amazing the difference in Qatar to in, in uh, South Africa when there was all the speculation about his groin and where he's going to play and this and that. And basically... Uh, he went into the tournament not really fit, but here it's, it's the opposite. He's flying. He's, he's been playing in Turkey beforehand, and he reckons he's, he's never felt any like fitter. So fingers crossed that uh, the groins don't snap or pull or anything, and uh, they'll be all right. In a bit of an iron, ironic twist there, uh, Harry, for once, wasn't injured, um, as we know he's prone to. Now, after the game, though, we uh, we saw the aftermath of Jason Kalina, Luke Wilkshire, and David Carney. Now, from 20,000 k's away, you know, they looked good. <laughs> 
No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't look good. <laughs> any closer? Are they any better? Judging by Jason Kalina's uh, demeanour after the match when all the players walked through past the awaiting media onto the team bus, I'm pretty sure he it's, it's, it's not looking good for, for him at all. The other two... Luke looks is pretty confident that he'll be he'll be okay, and, and and but they seem to be quite worried about Carney with his shoulder, which has popped out in the past. And uh, with only a few days in between games, you know, I, I guess we're gonna have to make a decision. And think like out of the three, I think Wilkshire's got the best chance of playing, but we'll, we'll know more later on. Marco, let's take a break. More of Marco Monteverdi after the break. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. with the Wellington Phoenix. Get Gold Coast United. For Hyundai A-League fan-made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Welcome back to the Four Diego's across Australia. We're speaking to News Limited football journo Marco Monteverdi from Qatar. Marco Cactus here, mate. Now, the shoe was on the other foot a bit last week. The Koreans were sledging the Aussies, which is a, <laughs> a bit of a turn-up for the books, particularly about how slow Sash Ognanovsky is. Uh, what was your verdict on the Freddy Krueger of the Aussie squad? <laughs> and uh, how did you think he combined with Lucas Neal in the centre of defence? Oh, big Sash, yeah. Him and Lucas, they, they, well, apart from the goal, which... Even Mark Schwartz put his hand up for the goal. There was the lack of communication, and Mark Schwartz was going to come for like the ball. He didn't, and then the boys let the ball bounce, and and the Koreans just pounced. But uh, I think I think Big Sash and uh, and Lucas did all right. Lucas was quite uh, fired up after the game, but you know um, before the game he was very diplomatic, saying all the right things. Uh, but after the game, he he sort of mentioned that he took offence to being uh, regarded as slow alongside Sasha and. Uh, I think you'll find maybe a pretty fired up Lucas for the for the, for the rest of the tournament because I think I think the Aussies feel that uh, like every time they say something bad about other teams that, that they they come down on pretty uh, pretty hard on it. So I think they're surprised uh, the way the Koreans win the game with their sort of comments. May I applaud any reason to get fired up? You know the old siege mentality will work <laughs> anyway. If they can find anything to do that, that'd be fantastic. Now, Marco, when Holder took on the job, he talked about playing with gay abandon, attacking and scoring goals. In contrast <laughs> to uh, Pimver Bake, now he did all that in German, by the way. <laughs> uh, in Pimver Bake, uh, of no. course, we all knew that he wanted to win things by parking the bus. Now, the game, this <clears> game, was almost his first real challenge. I know he's had some toy friendlies and and he had the Indian game the other day, but this game was a real first. Challenge for Osik. Do you see any marked difference between what uh, Pim used to do and also what uh, Osik is do- trying to do now? I think so. I think um, Pim uh, had Australia equalised, but had, had uh, he been the coach and, and after Yednaki um, equalised, I think Pim would have been happy, would have, would have uh, sat back. But uh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure Holger wanted to go for the, uh, for, the uh, for the win. He likes going forward, he, likes, he doesn't mind the odd long ball, which Pim, which Pim didn't like. So uh, he's quite attacking. I think the players um, in, uh, enjoy that. I mean, the uh, long ball from the back doesn't always look good, but it can be sort of effective, especially when you're playing against a team like Korea who, you know, just knock it around, uh, this and that, but then that can be caught out with just one like uh, long ball. So I think Holger's got the right idea, mixing it up a bit, and uh, definitely a bit more attacking than Pim, I think. You know, the amount of chances in, in, in the game that Australia had showed, that, you know, how attacking Holger is compared to Pim. Now, Marco, Bahrain is up next with the Gulf's goal king, Ismail Abdul-Latif, who scored four against India, leading their attack. We only need a draw. And is there any chance that this could be a banana skin for the Socceroos? Well, it shouldn't be, but look, Australia almost come unstuck against Bahrain in the past. Like, I know that was in Bahrain, but uh, I know the players are very wary. And 
it's definitely potential uh, banana skin. But speaking to a couple of the uh, Bahraini juniors after the game who are actually at the uh, Socceroos game, they're pretty confident that Australia will have the Bahraini's measure because uh, the Bahrain side isn't at, at full at full strength. So uh, they're, they're basically saying how uh, they're talking about that, that, that you know Australia will go through, whereas the players said all the right things. You know, we're just concentrating on the next game, all that kind of stuff. Um, but and the fact that we need a draw, I think. Uh, Holger may be, well, not conservative, but just, you know, sit back a bit. And definitely, he doesn't want to lose the game. So I can't see us not going through. Whether we win is like another thing. But in the end, I don't think it really matters whether we come first or second, such as, the, such as how hard a group like this. And so whether we play Iran, Iraq, or North Korea, or UAE, it'll be tough anyway. Marco, here's a tip. When you uh, catch up with uh, Bahrainian journalists at the disco after the game, you never believe a word they say, mate, OK? But uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, you just keep on working really hard, yeah, over there, because I know you journos work so hard. The phone's ringing already, you know, all the work you've got to do. I know, it's like a hotline. It's yeah. Mr Murdoch. Look, let's hope you survive the whole tournament, because Australia will go right to the end of the thing, and let's hope we uh, get some success there. But thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries, anytime. That was a special soft sombrero moment with... News Limited football writer Marco Monteverdi. Next up, it's Timmy Cale's magnificent fundraising effort for the Queensland flood victims. Stay tuned. This is the 40 Diego's across Australia. Triple M. Get with Sydney FC for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the 40 Diego's on Triple M. Rodrigo, Timmy's doing wonderful things for the Queensland flood victims. It doesn't surprise me, Carlos. The guy's got a heart as big as Goodison Park, which is where he plays with Everton. The guy has created a Tim Cale Everton experience, and at last look on eBay, yep. it's $600,200. That's unbelievable. Listen to it. It's two business class airfares with thanks to Emirates, two seats in Tim's private box. Um, All the party pies you can eat. Absolutely. <laughs> you got the invitation to watch Everton's training sessions and meet the team. And not David Moyes. No, not David Moyes. <laughs> There's a plus. <laughs> he doesn't kind of like Australians. He might not let you go back home. Uh, Tim Cale's jersey is signed by the Everton team, and also a pair of signed Tim Cale boots from the game you actually watch and two nights at, uh, at the Hilton Hotel in Liverpool. I think also there's a, uh, a local Thai massage parlour that put their hand up <laughs> and then down and then up and then down and then up and then down again yeah, for, this, uh, for this wonderful cause. Apparently uh, you can kick Phil Neville as much as you like to <laughs> when you're at training. Absolutely. And a chauffeur with thanks to Audi in one of their cars at your whim. You'll be Fantastic. treated like a king or a queen, and all you need is more than $600,200 at the moment. And just check out ebay.com.au. Get on there, forward slash Tim Kale Evident Experience. It's a fantastic cause. I think uh, Frank Lowy's probably already got that big <laughs> sign up, Carlos. I think you just breezed past the figure there a bit, Rodrigo. Yeah. $600,200 it's up to at the moment. That's incredible. And for little chickadees out there, by the way, uh, a date with Mikhail Arteta too, <laughs> with a nice hair Yes, in the, in the Everton uh, midfield there. But thanks. We'll keep an eye on that one. Keep on giving because we need to support our Queensland flood victim. Coming up, it's an update on Qatar's World Cup 2022 preparation. Cactus will tell us all about it. So stay tuned. Across Australia, this is the 40 Diego's. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. And you can join us right here every week for your dose of world footy Diego style. Coming up, it's Rodrigo's A-League update. But first, Cactus, how are the Qatar World Cup 2022 plans shaping up? Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any dodgier, <laughs> the awarding of the World Cup to Qatar, 
the right hand and the left hand, they're not talking to each other in, yeah. the, in the halls of power there in football. Sepp Blatt has come out uh, just recently in the past couple of days and said there's a better than 50% chance yep. that the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be played during the winter yep. and that it won't be an issue because the major European leagues have a winter break anyway. But it doesn't go for three months. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't go for three break, months. Just yeah. quietly. And he said... This is possible because in the basic documents of the bid, it is said that the FIFA Executive Committee can at any time make amendments to the basic conditions. Now, I wouldn't yep. have thought that changing a World Cup from summer <laughs> to winter was particularly basic. But, you know, Sepp Blatter, he can make anything work. So we've dumped the air-conditioned stadiums yep. for, a, for a winter World Cup. Now it's heated. Central heated, heated stadiums. <laughs> and then Michelle Platini, boss of UEFA, yep. has come out and said... Qatar should maybe give some of the groups to <laughs> yeah. other countries in the Middle East. So in short, we're talking about let's move it from where the proposal said it was going to be and also let's play it somewhere else other than Qatar. <laughs> but we'll still call it the Qatari World Cup. We're in Asia, Carlos. Maybe they can play one or two games here in Australia as well. But Mohammed bin Hammam, who is the boss of Asian oh, football... Yes. And, and Qatari, by the way, too. And Qatari yep. has uh, poo-pooed <laughs> those ideas. He said that uh, he was unimpressed by suggestions from Sepp Blatter that they would move it from summer to winter and that it will definitely be played in summer and that he's not particularly happy with Platini either and saying that every game will be played in Qatar. And I think bin Hammam... Might win this little battle. Oh, yeah. I'm tipping this is not going to be the first time that there's an argument between East and West. Yeah. N there's not going to be. This is not the first time. Mohammed bin Imam is a, is a seriously important man. Yeah. I, I love the subtext with all this. Of course, with Sepp coming out, he's saying, he's really saying, look, we've taken your money. We've taken the bribe money. Uh, we know we've made a mistake. We need to salvage something here. So we're going to move <laughs> things around. We'll still keep your money. You'll still have your World Cup. And, of course, uh, Mohammed bin Haman's reaction is, no, it won't be moved. And it will be in Qatar. That's him saying, I'm going to challenge you at the FIFA elections in April. So it's going to get messy, and it will be the rise of Asia. It will. The future is Asia, according to Mohammed. Well, Ben Hammam has said it's not up to one, two or three members of FIFA to talk about changing the time without getting the real stakeholders' opinions. Who does he think he means by real stakeholders? If, if they're not real... They're not going to do another vote, are they? Who are the real <laughs> stakeholders? Yeah, no. Look, he's now trying to bring everyone together after the divide that happened after the World Cup bid, and everyone hates each other. He's just going to try and bring everyone together and suddenly be everyone's mates. That's how the politics works in the corridors of FIFA. Cactus, and we'll see how it all works out. Next up, it's the latest A-League news with Rodrigo, so stay tuned. Across Australia, this is the 40 Diego's. Arriba! Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Welcome back. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. You're with Carlos Rodrigo and Cactus. Rodrigo, what's the latest on the A-League front? Let's go through some results, Carlos. Uh, Gold Coast United defeated uh, North Queensland Fury 4-0. They thumped them. Fury uh, shop window football. <laughs> Absolutely. <Jute. laughs> They're already on their end of season trip. Well, Schmelty's welcome back. Uh, he and Jute scored. Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory played out a really interesting one-all draw. And uh, Perth Glory and Melbourne Heart uh, won all as well over there in Perth. Alex Tia's bicycle kick was the goal of the century. Exactly right. And just made me jump out of my seat when I watched that. It was unbelievable. It wasn't Tando Valapia, a saint in goals for Perth Glory, magnificent young goalkeeper who took the overhead kick well. 
That boy should <laughs> I be... I kicking the defender. He didn't pick up Terra. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, great game it was last night. Yeah, I can see uh, Valapi in uh, Circus Oz eventually. He's fantastic. <laughs> now, there's one man uh, that uh, we've talked about a lot. You uh, love this guy. So I love Clive Palmer. Yeah. I said before Christmas, he reminds me of Santa. But I'm beginning really to love this bloke. Not only did his helicopters do some amazing <laughs> rescue works uh, during the Queensland floods, but, again, showing the power of our beautiful games. Skilled Park Gates being flung open in the game against Newcastle on Saturday, January 22nd. Everyone at the venue is encouraged to make a donation to assist in the flood relief. Isn't it easy to love a man with a billion dollars? It is. But he doesn't have to spend it, Cactus. (laughs) He doesn't have to spend it on these things, on freebies, because they make their money by charging people usually. Mm. But uh, he's done this a couple of times now. No, he has. I think going forward, Gold Coast... Every game should be free. Yeah, it should be. He can yeah. afford it. He can afford it. And then seeing Suncorp Stadium, of course, and referring to the uh, big uh, Queensland floods that we all saw, I was shocked to see that underwater. The games are being rescheduled. The Wellington game's been postponed until January the 26th, and then the Hart game's going to be set two days after that uh, for extra recovery. But uh, just on behalf of all the Diegos, um, really, I want to express our sympathies uh, to those that have really lost loved ones, their livelihoods, you know, their treasured belongings, and also their properties. And what were really devastating floods across Queensland. So to those of you that can afford it, uh, please dig deep or do something if you're in and around the Queensland area to your local community uh, to help out. You know, we really need to get Queensland back on its feet as soon as possible. And just go to queensland.gov.au forward slash floods to uh, make your donation. It would really be welcome. And Cactus is going to eBay right now to make the $700,000 bid for the Everton experience with Tim Cale. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Cactus. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Remember, for your dose of world footy, tune into the 4 Diego's right here every week. If you want to contact us, drop us a line at Diego's at 4diegos.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. And you can check out our podcast at 4diegos.com. So remember, Cactus. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever we can go play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Diego's. Olé! Olé! Triple M.